Smart for Life is a renowned health and wellness company specializing in delicious and nutritionally balanced snacks. Smart for Life's mission is to provide convenient options for health-conscious individuals. Their gourmet protein bars are a testament to the commitment to using high-quality ingredients and cutting-edge research to develop a nutritious and flavorful snack. It is a proven track record of helping people lead healthier lives through their innovative product line, backed by the expertise of their team of nutritionists and food scientists. Whether you're following a specific diet plan or simply seeking a guilt-free treat, Smart for Life Gourmet Protein Bars cater to a wide range of dietary preferences, including vegan and vegetarian options, making them inclusive for a diverse range of consumers. Whether you're a fitness enthusiast, a busy professional, or a health-conscious individual, these bars fit seamlessly into your lifestyle, providing a convenient and nutritious snack solution. Smart for Life understands the importance of staying active and fit, which is why their gourmet protein bars are formulated to complement and enhance an active lifestyle. Whether you're in engaging in intense workouts or just want a nourishing snack to keep you going through the day, these bars provide the necessary fuel for your active pursuits. Visit smartforlife.com and use promo code EMTL20 to receive 20% off your next order. That's EMTL20. Two zero. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with Nux Active. Nux Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise in the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse, women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel positive planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. Nux Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. I just ordered the one-by-one bra and leggings in the color Rio. Not only is it gorgeous and bright, it makes me feel sexy and show off my brand new curves. Power through Pilates, strive for the extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways. And as a gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code EMOTIONAL. 20 NUX. That's emotional 20 NUX at checkout. Make positive moves with Nux Active. Welcome to Emotional Support. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's your host. This is a podcast that has been in the making for a couple weeks now, and I'm so excited because I am with Ilana Grinus. This is going to be such a fantastic episode because you have done more homework for this episode than I think every guest and myself included <laughs> like has ever done, and I think that that's what it is so special about you and which is so awesome because you and I, I kind of stalked you. We have a mutual oh. friend and I had uh-huh. seen that she had posted, shout out to Aerie. And um, I had seen that she had posted um, one of your Instagrams and I was like, oh my gosh, like therapy. Is this someone who has to do with mental health? Like I'm on it. Can you please make sure that she comes on my podcast? And it happened immediately. And we got put into, uh, you know, into touch. And I think what's really cool is, is you asked me, what do you want to talk about? Because you're a therapist. Mm-hmm. 
You are a specialist in many things, and we're going to learn a little bit about that. But you really, truly asked me how I wanted to curate this episode, and that is what you did. You, I told you the things that I wanted to know in my life, the issues, the problems that I'm going through, you know, postpartum, um, and what I really want to fix and what mm-hmm. other people want to fix. And we ask some questions. So before we get into the things that I want to fix, Alana, <laughs> how the hell did you get involved with mental health and being this like awesome therapist? I love the enthusiasm. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I I became a therapist because I just, I think I love talking to people and learning about their stories and understanding how how and why people tick. I guess that's the short story. Mm. Um, The longer story includes like, I love talking about sexual health and wellness. And I think that that's a huge gap in education today. And to have a a relatable voice, somebody that can speak to you in a way that you understand them. I just didn't feel like there was a voice that I connected to out there. So that became my specialty. And in my practice, I see people from all walks of life dealing with anxiety, depression, um, divorce, but a lot of sex, a lot of sex, intimacy, and kind of talking about sex through a really sex positive lens. Mm. And I think that that's where we, we overlapped and we came to a conclusion that this would be the best time to talk about it. Well, just a little backstory on, on me, even though, you know, you know, I live with bipolar one disorder and Mm -hmm. I, a lot of the issues that I've been having postpartum have to do with sex have to do with intimacy, have to do with Mm. more of the relationship side of it. And I know that I'm not alone in this because every time I'm asking other moms and their partners Mm. of how they're doing, you know, or strangers are reading things, you know, it always seems to be the same dialogue of, you know, either there's the people that are having sex like the second the doctor is like, you're cleared six weeks postpartum and they're like getting it in, having a good time and like already (laughs) ready to deliver baby number two. Or there's Mm -hmm. people such as myself that are like, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. What do Mm -hmm. you mean sex is normal? Like I ever, I had sex before, like that's how I had a baby. You know, it's like the one extreme or the next. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm, you know, at a point in my life where I need to be able to change and I need to be able to have this conversation because I love my partner, I love my family and I love like who I am. And, you know, you don't know me on a personal level, but I'll say this, I'm a very sexual, free loving spirit. As my husband's like, looking at me like, what? Um, In the distance (laughs) holding the baby, like, what are you, what is this conversation? Um, But I'm a very like free love being. I'm very in touch with myself. I'm very in touch with my body. I love to be naked. I'm like very comfortable in who I am. Let me tell you how I'm getting my feet summer ready. Soft, sexy, and beautiful. I am using Baby Foot, the original foot peel. It's the number one selling foot peel in America with nearly 30 million sold worldwide. They offer a selection of DIY at-home treatment products that are quick and easy to use. And the foot peel is a professional-grade product at a price that makes it affordable to a wide range of consumer. It has won many beauty awards over the years, and the peels are made with 
with 16 natural ingredients. The gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing this dead skin to reveal the fresh, healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot. Baby foot qualifies as a clean product. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. For my listeners, go to www.babyfoot.com and use promo code EMOTIONAL20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-2-0. Except for now, postpartum, that's when things were coming up. And it all started because I had a very traumatic post-birth afterwards where I, I hemorrhaged. I've had to have PT, you know, pelvic floor therapy, you know, mm-hmm. I've had to sit on vibrating chairs to make sure things go back to normal in there and things are not doing awesome. I'll just say I pee my pants a couple times a day still and, you know, it's it's that's the truth of the matter and right. It's embarrassing. Um it's funny, I can laugh about it, but but truth be told, it doesn't make me feel or have that confidence in my sexuality that I used to. So that's where you come in. And you come in and you help all of us who are out there having this same crisis of how the hell do we go back to being Mm -hmm. these sexual beings that we used to be? A hundred percent. And how do we go back to enjoying sex and kind of reintegrating into our new bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Like our bodies change so much. Right. I think first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing because I am curious how many women are going to come out here and say like my hoo-ha or my <laughs> vagina or yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever word that person wants to use feels so different after I gave birth or my C-section scar is so painful still, or right. like, I think it's, it's something really intimate for a lot of people. So yes. thank you for sharing for the whole world to hear. I think it normalizes the experience for so many women. Yeah. And I think hopefully for the men who are listening, they also need to hear this, which is like giving birth obviously is not a walk in the park, right. but postpartum is also not easy. Right. And have you read the book, the fourth trimester? Um, I'm trying to think I've read so many of those where the fourth trimester was part of it, but I forgot which one. I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) So Kimberly Ann Johnson writes out the fourth trimester. Okay. Okay. And she just talks about how this is like a whole nother trimester that nobody talks about. Nobody prepares you for. And, and people just expect you to like bounce back. Yes. Um, and that is so damaging to women. Right. So I guess, you're not, you're not broken. Nobody has to fix you. Let's, let's set that as the, the PSA of the day. I love that. Thank Nobody you. has to fix you. Um, but I think that there's tools and education, psychoeducation that you could use. And hopefully your listeners can to get back into who you were pre-baby. Oh, and I, I think first and foremost, it's like, it sounds like for you, you are a human who really enjoyed your sexuality pre-baby. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah. say so. I mean, I was not like, you know, like a a rabid rabbit, you know what I mean? But I definitely felt like a sexual being. Like I even, you know, I I even would say this much. It's not even about the actual physical sex of it all. It would just Mm. be even me being dressed and going out on the town like at night, even like going on a date or whatnot. Like I felt sexy, like I felt sexual. Now, even if I'm like dolled up to the nines, I'm not feeling that sexual energy. So it's like, it goes beyond just the actual physicality of it. It's mm-hmm. how I feel inside too. 
I love that. I think that that encompasses so much about what's changed for you, right? Like postpartum, our bodies have changed. Mm-hmm. Our mental well-being has changed. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, our hormones have fluctuated. We've had easy births or traumatic births, but they affect us. Mm-hmm. And I think a big component that not a lot of people talk about is breastfeeding, right? right. Like having a child latch onto your tit at all times requires a certain level of touch that mm-hmm. we don't need from our partners anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like that child is constantly touching us. And so that craving for physical touch just yes. isn't there. Yes. But also there is a hormone that's produced that actually increases when you breastfeed. And I'm pretty sure it's prolactin, but it also increases vaginal dryness. Oh, wow. So how how crazy is it that while you're breastfeeding, like people who have vaginas have a higher likelihood of having dry vagina. So why would you want to initiate sex when you're like, oh, I'm not even wet. Like this won't even feel good. Right, right. A hundred percent. That's so interesting. And you know what? It's, it's funny because another... Um... Uh, this amazing doctor, Dr. Alyssa Berlin, who just, I did my second episode with, we were talking about um, the breastfeeding and she was saying, Mm -hmm. you know, how you have a baby that's constantly touching you, right? Over and over and over and over. And then when Mm -hmm. your husband or your partner, whomever is like touching your back, like for me, I'm like, oh, it's just like, I'm like, get Mm -hmm. the fuck off me. You know what I mean? Like I'm so, and she goes, you're touched out. You know, you're touched out. A hundred percent. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's being totally touched out. It's like, I'm so overly stimulated and don't get me wrong. Like I love breastfeeding, like probably on the wrong level of like, oh my God, I'd let her do it till she's seven, you know? Um, but, (laughs) but like, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not right either. But, but uh, anything for my baby, right? I'm like anything she wants, anything she wants, she can Mm -hmm. get, Mm -hmm. but it's so true. It's like being touched out, even just someone like I used to get such joy. I, I laugh about it with my best friend, Jenna, all the time. Um, we were talking just recently, right before this episode, actually, we were talking and laughing how there was this guy that that I had a crush on years and years and years ago. And all I wanted to do was just hold his hand. And that's it. I didn't want to do anything else. Because for me, like, I was like, oh, my God, if I hold his hand, like, oh, my God, that does it for me. Like, just that's the kind of person that I was where it's like hand holding, grasping Mm -hmm. for me that did everything and more. Right. And it's like, I was good to go. And now I'm like, don't fucking touch my hand. Like, don't touch my back. Don't get near me. Your Mm -hmm. foot's next to me. Like. And that's not even, I'm just saying with my husband, I'm just saying in general, like I'm, I'm a very touchy feely person and I stopped Mm -hmm. being like that since this kind of uh, traumatic incident we'll say happened. Right. Um, and it's like, how can we get back to that? What are the steps that you would recommend for us to go, Hmm, okay. How can I communicate this with my partner? Because that's the other thing, right? It's like, I bitch all the time about this, but it's like, I'm Mm. not really asking him, what is Mm. he, you know, what is my partner doing to like, make sure like everything is okay. Like he's really kind and knows like I went through a lot and he went through a lot because he was there when it all was going down, you know, and we forget about that, 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 especially if you've gone through a traumatic incident, that there is someone on the other side that maybe didn't experience it by actually like feeling and and physically feeling, experiencing it, Mm -hmm. but they saw it, you know, and they emotionally went through it too. We call that vicarious trauma. Vicarious trauma is almost just as traumatic, right? You didn't actually experience the trauma, but you could have seen it or you could have experienced it through your partner. 
And that is actually a form of trauma, right? Vicarious trauma is super important to talk about, but the question is like, what are the tips? So let's say you are a person who just gave birth and well, not just, but you're 10 months out of giving birth. You've been checked by the doctor. You're on the process of healing. You're adjusting to this new life. If you want to re-engage sexually, I think it's really important to understand, like you stated, what got you off before? Mm -hmm. And you said getting all dolled up and feeling sexy and feeling good in your body. So I think that that's where the work starts. Mm -hmm. So I think I always say this, but if sex is a priority, then we have to prioritize it. It has to be in the calendar. And so many people are going to argue with me and say like, that's not sexy, but if it's a priority, it has to be prioritized by being put in the calendar. But that also signals to our brain, like, okay, well then we're going to have date night. So I should probably call my mom so that during that day, she takes care of of the baby a little more Mm -hmm. so that I can have some alone time. I don't have the touchiness all day. Right. Right. I get the opportunity to honestly put my face on or wash my body. Yeah. I mean, simple things. I know. Shave your legs. Shave your legs. Exactly. And then I always suggest to couples, especially couples who are freshly postpartum, go on a date and don't talk about your baby. Mm. Go on a date and bring some topics that you want to talk about or questions or whatever. Go get a deck of cards. Talk about things that have nothing to do with motherhood, fatherhood, baby, right? Talk to me about something sexy. And to like spice things up even more. If the first date isn't like, let's jump into sex. Maybe we just come home and we do a massage Mm. and we talk about where on our new bodies, it feels good to be touched. Mm. Right. And like really vocalize, like, I really love when you touch me there, or please touch me less there. And so that your partner starts to relearn your body while you're learning about your body. I love that. I love that. It's like, it doesn't have to jump into sex. It could just be intimate touch. And then that connection can snowball. And then you relearn like, oh, I really like this. I really like connecting with my partner on this deeper level. And I think that you start with that. And then maybe the next date night, you're like, okay, um, maybe we could just do mutual masturbation. Uh Like I'm going to lay here. You're going to lay there. Let's either find something to watch, or maybe let's like tell each other our, our fantasies and we're going to close our eyes and imagine ourselves in our best bodies, feeling the best we can feel. And then we progress, right? It doesn't have to jump from like, oh, we just didn't have sex for three months to like penetrative, hardcore sex. A hundred percent. And, and I, think- I think that that's so important to, to let people know that little things can be enough to bring the sexiness back and, and make each person feel the best version that they can of themselves in that moment. Yeah. And I think, look, postpartum sex requires a few things. And I think most women are too ashamed to ask for them or um, feel like their partners will judge them. But I I think it should be a requirement that if you're having sex postpartum, you must invest in a good lube, Mm. period. Your vagina, if you gave birth naturally or vaginally or cesarean like it's different it's changed (laughs) it's changed um but also your hormones have changed yes and you want to make sure that like you're giving yourself the best experience possible right so i guess educating your husband or wife or whomever your partner is and saying look just because i'm not getting as wet as i used to doesn't mean i'm not turned on right right this just helps 
create a better experience. Well, I mean, and that's, and, and honestly, I love that you say that because it's true. It's like, this has nothing to do with your partner. It's like, this is just the, the new, the new body. This is the new vagina that you're dealing with. And like, how can we go through and like work this out? I mean, you hear that all the time with, with women who are, um, you know, menopausal and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but people don't talk about that postpartum. Oh, of course. And I mean, like this holds true for people who have chronic illness or PCOS or like, there's so many things that affect our lubrication, but postpartum, like, I just think we need to take extra care of the lining of our vaginas. Mm -hmm. And therefore I believe lube and high quality lube should be used, but also relearning our sensation, right? Like maybe our vulvas are more sensitive than they were before. Yeah. Like blood was flowing in all those different areas. So re-examining our sex toys, are they too powerful? Are they not powerful enough? Are there areas that we didn't know that we liked simulated that now we love, right? Right. Some women postpartum love their nipples to be stimulated, but never did before. But now they suddenly have sensation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, but some women have different feelings and different, like different things that went on. Totally. I have a question. Do you ever, do you ever see like a difference between women that had um, their baby cesarean and and others that had it vaginally where they have different experiences postpartum with sex? Like, do you ever find you? Okay. So that's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Um, But I think that there are like some women who have cesarean deliveries and feel like an overwhelming amount of guilt. Mm. And then like kind of their vagina responds to that guilt and like shuts down in a different way. Like I think psychologically human beings do really interesting things to themselves. Um, But I feel like the women who I've seen who have had cesarean, they take a longer time to recover in terms of pain management, but they jump into sex faster. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then I feel like with vaginal births, it definitely takes a lot longer. Um, And more so because it's scary and it's new and you've never had sex post. Well, if it's your first child, post a child coming out of your vagina. Like I think that's a big deal to normalize for most women, which is like a duh, it would be scary. Uh, No, a hundred percent. And I feel like you're right. People don't talk about that enough of it's, it is terrifying. Like something literally Mm -hmm. came out of you and it's like, oh, but let's ignore that. You know, and I think that that's what's so frustrating for me is I don't understand these women that literally like have babies like back to back. And I'm just like, you know, blessed that they didn't have to have some sort of traumatic experience or that they're able to like get back in in, in bed and like be wild and be mm-hmm. free and have a good time. But it's frustrating because it's like when, when for me, I will speak for myself of mm-hmm. me being a, you know, free loving kind of gal, um, to not feel like I'm myself and my body anymore. It's like, wait, but I, I, and it's funny because I always visualized if I were to have two kids, which I don't know why I ever, there was a part of me that almost thought I would be that m- mom that like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I had a baby. And then I had a baby right after, right away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how the fuck did I ever think that that was going to happen? You know what I mean? Like now I'm like, how? Like you have to have sex to have that happen. This is an immaculate conception over here. You know what I mean? I'm not Mary. Um, But it's, so I think that that's what's so frustrating is you're just like, what is it that you did? And because people don't talk about it. I'm like, 
100%. You know, or people are so open about it and they're like, oh, it was fine. Like, whatever. Like, I just popped a baby out and then we, like, had sex again. Like, I was feeling... And it's less about the 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 physicalness that's scary to me. It's more like myself of, like, being like, oh, I don't feel sexy. Like, what's that mm-hmm. like, you know? And it's very real and and... I know that I'm not alone because let me tell you, a lot of the people that wrote in, I know that we, we, you had um, posted an amazing thing asking, you know, um, your, your followers, you know, about, you know, what would you like to hear about postpartum sex and, mm-hmm. and our feels and all that stuff. And I reposted that. And a lot of people that wrote me questions in regards to people are having sex. I know them personally. Um, mm-hmm. And to hear them, say that was like, oh, wow, you feel that way. And I didn't know that. And we know each other. And that's crazy because I thought you were having lots of sex like a rabbit. Like I'm so confused right now, but also I don't feel alone. So thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that, you know? Um, and a lot of, a lot of people that I know, um, all shared in that saying people have sex postpartum, LOL. Yeah. (laughs) like lots of LOLs, lots of LOLs happened. (laughs) Um, how does that happen? So I think that that's really, but it's true. It's all about the different steps that, that, that we can take. Now, here's a question that I have for you. Do you also find beyond this, the C-section and the vaginal, I, I I liked Mm -hmm. hearing that, that, that discussion now with same sex couples with women. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel that it's more comfortable postpartum because a lady always knows what another lady is going through. No, I think no. that's such a misconception. Um, I mean, I currently have a same-sex couple where um, one of the partners has a chronic illness and they can't have sex when she's having a flare. Mm. And um, the other partner couldn't have sex with her for six weeks. And they came to session and they were so frustrated. Um, <sighs> she's like, I want to have sex with my girlfriend. Um So I think that that's a misconception. I think perhaps a female and female relationship, like there may be more empathy and more sympathy. Like they both also have menstrual cycles. So potentially like there's more of an understanding of like, oh, I can only imagine what a cramp feels like. Can't imagine what pushing out an eight pound child feels like. But um, no, I think that humans are inherently sexual. And while we can empathize, that doesn't mean that we don't have needs. Mm. And while we can say like, look, like I I totally am going to put this on the back burner. I can imagine that even in a lesbian relationship that one partner would eventually feel like, oh, I really want to connect with my partner more sexually. Maybe it's not at the same rate, right? but I do believe that that's probably a misconception because there's always going to be a partner who is like, sure. I really value our sexual connection. And I miss that. Sure. Maybe no, always no. is too much of a generalization. So no, I think there's typically one. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, what would you recommend in regards to there's a partner that is like, mm-hmm. you are six weeks postpartum, the doctor cleared off because what was interesting is I, I've talked about this in a past episode before and, um, how when I went for my six week postpartum checkup, um, mm-hmm. I actually went a couple times before that because I had to have a DNC six weeks postpartum. So I went to the doctor a lot, um, but mm-hmm. normally at the six week postpartum checkup, right. mine was a little bit after. 
but normally they say, uh-huh. you know, you're cleared for sex, right? You're good That's to what go. they say. Yep. But it was interesting because my doctor, he said to me, he was like, but if you're not ready, let me know mm-hmm. and I can, you know, tell your partner, you know, you're not cleared, right? And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? I'll tell him when we're cleared for, for takeoff, you know? Um, and it was interesting because I, and I, it took me a moment and a few conversations to realize that a lot of women feel pressured into sex um, when they're not emotionally ready, even if they're physically ready, even if the doctor signs off on it. And so my doctor was being extra kind and was like, if you're not ready, I'm more than happy to talk to your, your partner and say that you can't do that. And it was a wake up call for me because I was like, what do you mean? Like Mm -hmm. you have to make this decision. Like you're the one that's going to tell my partner, like I'm going to be the one. And I realized after having this conversation with other doctors and specialists who've been on the show, I had this chat with them and they're like, not all women have awesome partners. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? No, they have asshole partners that are like, oh no, like we're having sex. Like if I'm not getting it from you, I'm going to go get it from somewhere else. And some people are like, wait, but I don't want to lose my man. I'm like, go for it, bud. Like that's Mm -hmm. me. Right. But that just shows the kind of personality that I am (laughs) where I'm like, Uh no means no. But I didn't realize. And I felt really, I felt, um, stupid for not realizing that that there's other women out there that have tough times and I felt then sick and upset about it and and whatnot. So what would you say is the best way to help your partner out? One with having a conversation with them, you know, if they're like my partner, like my husband, where Sturgis is like, whatever, whenever you feel your best, great. But I want to make sure he's happy. And two, for those who don't have an awesome partner like I do, who are like, no, we got to get to it. What what is something that you would recommend for for both sides? So I would recommend a few things. First and foremost, communication, Mm -hmm. right? So the non-birthing parent, I think communicating like, look, I totally understand your experience. Well, I can't totally understand it, but I can understand what it feels like Mm. to feel like you're invading a foreign body and it's not yours. And I'm going to be as patient as possible with you. But I'm feeling and use I statements X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. So that you're communicating what is going on for you as the non-birthing parent. And then I think it's also about saying like, look, let's, let's create a timeline where we start integrating some form of intimacy back. Yeah. And I mean like basics, like a three second kiss or holding each other's hand or a back massage. So negotiating some form of intimacy. Okay. And then slowly but surely like asking, are you comfortable with more? Are you comfortable with less? Like, and at some point I think asking your partner, like, do you feel ready? Right. Right. Like just communicating that. Yeah. Not not letting it be this big elephant in the room. So I hope that that helps for, for the non-birthing parent, but also just like communicate your expectations, which is, I want you to fully heal. Right. And I also recognize that the longer we put this off, the scarier it becomes, honestly, like it becomes this like boogeyman. Totally. And so I kind of, I kind of want to like, just make you feel as sexy as I see you. And I know that will take time, but I'm willing to start putting in the effort. Yes. So I think that's huge. I also think it's like, what helps you feel sexy? 
Mm. right? Like, is it that you want me to help more with the chores around the house? Because I'm happy to prioritize housework if that means we can make out tonight or right. if that means I can like rub your leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that that's a big question. Like help me understand what helps you feel sexier. Sure. And if I can, if I can help, then I will because it directly benefits me. So right. that would be some advice. And then for the the partner who is, has just given birth and doesn't quite know how to communicate their expectations. It's more so like expressing similarly, my experience is, and I feel blank using I statements. Right. And also doing your own work, right? I think you mentioned it, but going to pelvic floor therapy, that's huge. Right. Working on mindfulness and relaxation techniques, like learning how to get ourselves back into our bodies and really communicating what it feels like. Right. And I think exploring your new form of pleasure. Mm. So engage in a lot of solo play, right? Like I don't think you have to feel wanted by somebody else to want yourself. Interesting. And that's so true. Like it's so true. And just because just because you had a baby doesn't mean that you should deny yourself pleasure, mm. right? Like we because we come become mothers doesn't mean we just suddenly stop being sexual. And I well, think that, that, has, I think that has a lot to do with it. A hundred percent. And I, I love that you say that because you know what, honestly, like I'm not even talking about like in a sexual way, but for me, I, I look at now that I had a baby, I'm like, oh, well, I don't have time to work out because I, she needs to go to a class or she needs to do this. Like, and I would rather put that. So for me, it's even not even the sexuality of it all. It's like, just like the things that would bring me pleasure in life, mm -hmm. like going to a mm -hmm. concert, uh, taking a dance totally. class, like little things like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore because now I have a baby and like, that's not where my priority is. And I think you're right. It's about finding the, the there is a balance. And, but I, oh, yeah. uh, but I think that you're right. It's about creating even just date nights. I feel like I haven't done, you know, with my husband oh, because wow. yeah. it's like, I'm like, oh, well, I would rather sit at home with her honestly and watch TV. Like, or like just hang out with her and like play a game with him and watch her. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like we would rather do that, but it's, but, it, but you're right. It's about going, okay, you know what? I'm still a human being. I'm still alive. There's still feeling and blood going on in this body. So oh, yeah. like, I need to go back to who I originally was to feel like myself again. As her parents, right? Like the priority is your relationship so that the two of you can be your best selves so that you can be the best parent for your daughter. Yeah. And so like, prioritizing yourself and your self-care just, I think makes you a better mom. So like, right. I don't know if that shifts, shifts the way you look at it, but the more you prioritize self-care, the more you prioritize feeling the sexiest you can potentially feel, the more you're going to show up for your kid and be like, fuck yeah, let's conquer this day yeah. together. Right. And I think that that's <clears throat> part of this whole equation. Like modern parenting looks different than our parents and right. modern parents need to put working out and going out to coffee and lunch with their friends and um, going and getting dressed up because it's part of who we are. It's part right. of who we are in this new culture and relinquishing that for parenthood, I think does yourself a disservice. And then at some point we'll do your child as a service because they're not getting the best version of their parent. Right, 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 right. And I think like sexually frustrated individuals also appear sexually frustrated. Right, right. No, absolutely. 
trust me, I can see the ones that are sexually frustrated. Like you see them from a mile away. You know, you're like, oh, okay, 100%. yeah, yeah, you're not getting it. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. you know. But yeah, right. you're you're so right. And then, what do you would you say to those who are scared of? you know, the conversation with their partner who maybe wants to jump right into things and they're mm-hmm. not strong enough to say no. And they then internalize that and it becomes like a, they spiral, you know, cause I know a lot of those too. So I would first and foremost say like, find a community of support. There are other women who are experiencing exactly what you're experiencing and can hopefully hold space for you to like talk about that and perhaps give you real life in the moment experiences and suggestions and strategies about how to get through it. But for the women who are scared and then I guess follow their partner's lead, I think it's really about learning how to self-advocate, right? So saying, Hey babe, I'd really like to set aside time after the baby goes to sleep for us to have a really like important, but vulnerable conversation. And this isn't an attack on you. This is not because, you know, anything really other than the fact that I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's a conversation about like boundaries, which I would hope that if you've already had a child with your partner, you're talking about those boundaries, but Mm -hmm. talking about how to respect your boundaries and what it looks like to respect your boundaries at this point in time and that your boundaries are going to shift and change the further you get from your birthing experience. But in that moment, these are your boundaries and you have to like stick to them. Otherwise, you're not going to feel good. Right. Um, and that and that sex is supposed to be pleasurable for, pleasurable for both people involved. Right. Right. Um, and we don't we don't want to resent each other and we don't want to cause more harm than good. That that would be my my suggestion. And, and maybe that's not right for every individual who's in that position. But I think if you can't communicate your, with your partner about your needs and your wants, like what kind of partnership are you in? Right, exactly. Then that's a whole nother situation and a whole nother storyline that we we are not getting into today. But that's but not today. No, but I mean, but it's true. <laughs> then that's a whole nother thing. But but I, I love that, and I think that it is so important just communication with your partner, and it's a scary thing, you know. And I think that honestly, I feel super blessed that. I live with a mental illness because it's made me, it's forced me, I'll say, to be a super vulnerable person when it comes to Mm. being in a relationship with my partner and having to have those really hard conversations, (laughs) maybe the ones Mm -hmm. that you don't want to have, but you have to have them because it's something that I live with every single day. And, you know, there has to be honesty between the two of us and communication between the two of us. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it, I, I'm very lucky about that in, that in that sense of it all. I think there are also other avenues, just like in case there are women who are listening, which is like, look, you can suggest going to a sex therapist, right? Honey, like, you know, yeah. I don't feel ready to have sex yet. I think it would be really good if we went and talked to a professional Mm -hmm. and talk to a sex therapist and tell them your concerns. And then hopefully they can reframe the situation for your partner and guide you can hear you. Right. A hundred percent. Right. And give you suggestions and throw some different tools into your toolbox. And there's nothing wrong with that too. Like that's, I, I encourage that because, you know, when I was, 
pregnant and I was in my second trimester, that's when my highs were high and my lows were low. And Mm -hmm. we got a therapist that was for both Sturgis and I together, like a couples therapist Mm -hmm. um, who was a specialist in bipolar disorder. And truly like I needed that so much because I needed the guidance and Mm -hmm. I wasn't open to just listen to anything that he was saying. And so I was like, I need someone else to kind of help me voice my concerns, my feelings, my thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. And just having someone like that can really just be a game changer. Bringing a third person in in the room, like really can be a game changer. And you can feel like you have support, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're not alone in these uncomfortable situations and these uncomfortable conversations. And your therapist may say something that you've been saying 16 thousand times, but because the therapist said it, it's more valid. Right. And it doesn't matter how the message gets across. If the message gets across, like these are my boundaries and I'm not comfortable. I don't feel safe yet. Then, then at least that's being respected and it's being validated. And that's, I think a huge source of comfort. So, I mean, in situations where we feel unable to have these conversations or feel like it won't be hurt, I just say, turn to a professional, like just out of, out of, out of the get-go yeah. from the get-go say, babe, I think this is, this is better ha- suited for a sex therapist. I found a few, choose right. your favorite. Let's go. Right. How would you recommend someone finding a therapist, a sex therapist? Oh, okay. So there's a lot of different avenues, but I think the simplest way is just going on psychology today and filtering for sex, mm-hmm. um, sexual issues. Um, but you can do that with any site, Zen care, um, I think even better help has that as a feature, um, pretty much anywhere, but you can always Google sex therapist near me. Another really great way is going on ASECT, A-S-A-S-E-C-T, ASECT, and looking at sex therapists in your area. Um, they have a great oh, amazing. Like, network. Yeah. But I think there's also like sex therapists on Instagram if you really want yeah. to find them or on right. TikTok and like there are just so many different ways to find a therapist who specializes in sex nowadays. What are some of the people that follow you on your your Instagram that what are some of their like postpartum questions or, you know, anything that has to do with pregnancy as well? You know, we don't even have to talk postpartum. We can talk about pre-birth. <laughs> I think so I think one of the questions was literally, how do I feel sexy in my new body? That's, mm. that's literally what the question said. I think we addressed that one. I think, I don't think there's a, a cookie cutter answer for that. It's no. going to, it's going to have to be like, some days you're going to feel sexy and some days you're not going to love it. Yeah. And I think it's about trusting the process. You're growing a human. Um, but even as not, like, even if you're just struggling with your own body image, right? There are some days we're going to love our bodies and some days we're not. And I think what I always guide my clients or people who message me is like, can we focus on what our body allows us to do? So if you're pregnant, I'm growing a human, I'm feeding a human, I'm breathing for a human. If you're not pregnant, you're just struggling with a bad body image day. Like your lungs are working, your legs are moving, like your eyes are working. Like, do you recognize how hard your body's working just to sit up right now? Like, and take moments to express gratitude for that. I'm not in, in no belief that we all have to be body positive. I'm very much under the body neutral stance, which is like, I could just 
accept that this is my body today. Yeah. I, I like the body neutral stance. Like I'm really into that. Like I am not yeah. someone that's body positive, like at all. Um, and I'm not body negative. I'm just body neutral. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say because I mean, it's true. Like, I have yet to fit into any of my pants or skirts mm-hmm. um, that I was you know, pre-baby. Um, and that's okay. But I'm like mm-hmm. accepting these like new curves, this new, like these new boobs that I got. I don't know if they're going to last after the breastfeeding, <laughs> but I'm into them right now, you know, but it, but it is true. It's like, some days I feel like good, not great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel good. Mm-hmm. And some days I'm just like, I feel like shit. And the, mm-hmm. the biggest issue that I think I've had through this whole postpartum of like with the physicality of it all mm-hmm. is that I pride myself on having perfect skin. I've had perfect skin my whole life. Aww. And since having a baby, I have had these weird terms that I don't even know what this is. Like I've got this thing on my chin right now where it's like, dermatitis something or Peri- another perioral dermatitis. thank you whatever that is like <laughs> that's something new that happened to me over the past couple of months and nothing I do makes it go away and I can't be on the medication that a normal person would be on because you can't breastfeed while you're on the medication yep yep so you know and these are like little things that that don't seem like that big of a deal but to me like it's a huge deal because I have been someone that never had to wear concealer or Mm -hmm. you know foundation and now I'm just like just so embarrassed with what my face looks like all the time and it doesn't make me want to even kiss you know my husband I said almost anyone Mm -hmm. kiss anyone I'm only kissing my husband (laughs) but you know what I mean because I feel like it's so gross because I never had any of these like skin problems before so it's like little things like that that I think people don't realize can affect the whole package of a human being of how you're feeling inside. Um, and, but I will say that I'm, my body is slowly feeling more, I'm feeling more sexual with my body as I look at myself. Cause I'm like, Oh, I, like I said, these boobs, I like them. I like that I can wear a top and like, I finally have like boobs that are falling out. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm into that, you know? Um, but it it's a slow journey into like finally feeling yourself. And then I saw this video today that this woman posted and then I reposted it talking about how they've done a new study and, you know, it's really up to seven years postpartum until you finally get your body back. And I'm like, what? You know, your oh, feeling yeah. of yourself back, you know, but I, I enjoy hearing these things because it makes me remember I'm not alone in the journey. I mean, and I think recognizing, just to bring this full circle, like recognizing that your sexual desire and function is going to change is okay and normal too. It, <sighs> it, it is part of the equation. A hundred percent. And giving yourself grace and allowing yourself patience. Yeah. I think that that's something that both partners and birthing parents need to keep in mind. Like patience, please. Like your body regardless of whether you had an easy birth or not, it's a traumatic experience for your body. It's a lot of hormones. It's a lot of emotions and processing. So giving yourself grace to just process it, feel it, feel better in your own skin. And yeah. I love that. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on in your notes that I'm forgetting about? In my notes? I just hope that like, the women who are struggling feel a little more emotionally held and like recognize that like 
these issues do come up every single day in my practice and so many other therapists practice. And like there are perinatal therapists who are trained in this. And just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not happening, right? Like just like women don't talk about miscarriages. It's the right. same. Like, right. so I hope it just normalizes the conversation a little bit and hopefully also normalizes talking to a sex therapist. It like doesn't have to be about issues. It could be about just like finding better ways to enjoy our sex lives. Right. You know, is there anything that you have learned maybe in your time of being a therapist or that you've heard from other women advice wise where they've successfully had their first birth and mm-hmm. successfully get pregnant with their second and feel like that that positivity or that feel that sexuality is there any advice that you would give that you might have heard from from lived experience of other moms to kind of you know because i i guess the reason why i say this for me i i'm i'm pretty sure we're a one and done kind of family you know um lady gives me only child energy um and i'm an only child so i can't imagine uh-huh. but um but i know a lot of moms have written in and said you know we want to have a second but i'm not feeling like myself again to even think about trying to have a second so what would you have you or have you learned from other moms from clients you know of what they did to feel ready for their second So I think what I've learned is that you don't push yourself. When you're ready, you will know that you're ready and that you will re-enjoy the process. And if you're not ready, you're not ready. Right. Like it it doesn't help to force the situation. Right. So just being patient with yourself, getting the resources that you can. And I think find community support. I think most importantly, find community support, right? It helps when we don't feel alone in our struggles and we have other people to talk to about it. But from most of my clients who were ready for baby number two, it was they felt supported. They felt like they got a control on their lives and they felt more like themselves, right? right? That's how you go, hopefully, into your first pregnancy. And I would hope that you would go into your second pregnancy with a similar mindset, which is like, I can tackle anything. Right. Yeah, I love that. I can tackle anything. What support groups would you recommend that is there any online ones that you recommend or in person that that I can you know post on the website blog? So I think of all the craziest places to find support groups for mommies is Facebook. So really? find a mommy Facebook group in your area. I think that that's a big one. But I think you can find support groups in different ways. So there's like music classes that a lot of mommies go to, right? And yeah. and then you talk to a mom afterwards or um, there's like milestone classes or mommy and me. And it's about, I think, forming a real connection with someone who you feel close to and, and asking them like, Hey, would love to go on a walking date with you. And then in that time, be like, this is something I'm really struggling with. I don't really have a lot of mommy friends. Would you mind if like we talked about this and, and more likely than not, that mom is going to be so appreciative that they have the space to have that conversation. Well, I will let you know that I host music class at my house and that is where um, I, I, I am, the, I, the way that I met you through our friend, mm-hmm. Ari, um, I had met her pre-pregnancy for both of mm-hmm. our pre-pregnancies, but we got close because we were pregnant and we were sharing these milestones together. And then we got close because our babies are similar in age and we're in music class together. And the, the bond that we have all created with all of the moms in our class is unreal. Like we have the coolest moms in our group. 
and I don't just say that because it's at my house, but it's <laughs> it's true because we're all so similar and like-minded on how we mm. want to raise our kids. And we're all mm-hmm. very loose and cool and like, let the babies be who they are. There's no like strictness to, you know, they have to do A, mm-hmm. B, and C. Like, no, 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 we're really cool. Um, but we're also really <laughs> honest, right? We're really honest Aww. with each other of when we're having really tough days, um, you know, sexuality, uh, you know, certain milestones for the babies. Like it doesn't feel like a high pressure situation. And I find mm-hmm. that when I'm in other situations with other moms or other classes or, you know, people that are um, acquaintances that I would say, or people mm-hmm. that I meet, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very hard for me to connect to those moms because it just feels like very high pressure, feels like high mm-hmm. anxiety. And I think that you're right. If you can find just even one mom that you connect with and you go on a walk with, and that's what I've been so lucky to do with so many of these kids, you feel like so much better in life. Like you just feel like you're not alone at all, 100%. at all. And yeah. I I love that. But the the Facebook mom group too, I think that's awesome because, you know, it's hard to meet people. It really is. It really, oh, yeah. really is hard to meet people when you have a kid, you know, because and it's I your whole life. You're touching on it, but I think it's not talked about enough. Like postpartum is not a Instagram highlight. We're not right. posting about, you know, I'm having trouble having sex with my husband. I'm scared shitless about reengaging sexually with my husband right. or my wife. I uh, baby was up all night and I literally can't even think about sharing. Why would I want to even masturbate? Right? right. Like those aren't things we're posting. Those conversations need to be happening person to person. Mm-hmm. So comparing our lives to these Instagram, whatever highlight reels isn't realistic. And we need that connection to validate our experiences so that we don't feel like we're crazy and we're the odd person out, Right. that we are just a person experiencing something that a lot of other people are experiencing. A lot of other people. Yeah. And when they say pregnancy and postpartum is hard, they don't actually like talk about what is actually difficult about that time. No, we need the specifics. Alana, you have been such a treat. I'm going to ask you my final question. Um, What is your emotional support? In my life? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I like it. So my wife is a great emotional support to me. So cute. Um, and so is my dog, Benji. Oh. And my stepdog, Sheldon. Um, Sheldon! They're, they're the cutest. Um, I can show you a picture of them because they're the back yes. of my phone. Oh, but my God. They're gorgeous. He's my little golden doodle. And he's our old man who's a boxer. Is he a boxer? Oh, my God. Yeah. Gorgeous. He's almost 11. Oh, my so god. We've, we've got two of those. They're the best. And I have a really strong friendship group that I'm so proud of that I cultivate very intentionally. Um, yeah. And my, my family, I mean, through and through there, the backbone. So yeah, that's a great question. My emotional support. Thank you. Yeah. Uh My wife, my dogs, my family, my friends, I think those are pretty all, those are all pretty typical. And then I guess my only other thing that's a little not common is I work out at like five 30 in the morning with my trainer Jake at Zoo's Fitness, and he is such a support. That's such a like wow, supportive place for me. I hate waking up. I don't. I'm not a morning person, but it's like a release. Wow. Um, yes. 
And then I wouldn't be a therapist if I didn't mention that my therapist is a huge emotional support as well. <laughs> mm, I love that. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, working out and all that stuff, I think that that's so great because it's what a great way to start your day with such a positive intention of, of I'm going to kick ass. This is not something I want to be doing right now, but I am going to do it and I'm going to accomplish it and I'm going to have like a great time doing it. So. And even if I crawl into my bed and eat Frosted Flakes for the rest of the day, I yeah. knew or I know that I accomplished one sure. incredible thing. Sure. And that's already enough. Yeah. So and that's enough. Oh my gosh. That's enough. And yeah. everyone can find you at Daily Therapy Dose. At Daily Therapy Dose and at Daily Dose of Sexuality. It, they both exist or Um, I'm literally always in my DMs. So DM me. I love, I love chatting with you all. And yeah, hopefully we can connect. Yay. 